Thank you, Ralph Cohen. Bishus, Ralph Tversky Shalita, Ralph Pruzansky Shalita, numerous other Tamid Chachamim, ladies and gentlemen. Given the topic, Sneos, not just for women. is one major challenge. We sometimes understand sneers in a very narrow sense. I'd like to quote to you the two psukim in Tanakh where the root of sneers is found. The more famous, the Pasuk in Micha at the end of a Haftorah, Vatsnea Leches Imalokecha, which refers to First to mankind with no gender reference. The second, perhaps less famous, the Pasuk in Mishlei, Vestsnuim Chachma. Snius is a, an attribute of the wise. Again, neither male nor female gender is included. Apparently, to be a person, and certainly to be a Chacham, one requires devotion to this noble concept known as Tzinius. It's remarkable, the Pasuk via Tzinuim Chachma is the second half of a Pasuk in, in Mishlei. I believe it's Perik Yud Aleph Pasuk Beis. And the first half is a Pasuk which Rashi refers to in, again, last week's parasha, in parasha's Kiseitse, Bo Zodon Vayovo Kolon. Rashi says, Rashi quotes this Pasuk on the, this, this Pasuk in Mishri, on the very famous Pasuk of Zohar, Eitha Sha'osalacha Amalek. Because the Pasuk preceding that talks about the importance of honesty and weights and measures. And the same juxtaposition is found in Pasha's Kiseitse, Mos Neitzedek, Falamidi by Amalek. So we find, therefore, a contrast between Amalek, Bozadam Yavokolon, and Vestsnuim Chachma. Perhaps the deeper message of this contrast is that Amalek for us represents Leitzonus, scorn and frivolity. Many of us know the Medrash at the beginning of Pashas Yisro, contrasting Vayavu Amalek at the end of Vishalach with Vayishma Yisro. Amalek they refer to as a late, as the ultimate scornful individual. Scorn and frivolity is the opposite of Snius. It's the opposite of wisdom. As Tznuim Chachma is the end of the Pasuk, and Leitzanus and Amalek, the beginning of the Pasuk. Because one who is scornful, as we've just heard from Rav Tversky Shalita, will scoff and will mock any attempt to enhance the standards of Tznius, of modesty in our behavior. We should be prepared for this. On the second Pasuk, the Gemara in Mesechta Sukkah 
Daf Memtes focuses on the word leches. Leches means to walk. And the Gemara comments that it has reference to Hotzoas Ames and Achnasas Kala. Even such public events as funerals and weddings, which are, as we know very well, done with throngs of humanity, even there, the Torah emphasizes the need for a proper measure of modesty. Dvorim she'ein darkom lasos betzina. How much more so? Dvorim she'darkom lasos betzina. Matters of which were already discussed earlier. Beinola beino between a man and a woman. How much more so is there a need for the safeguard of tzinius? It occurred to me, the Gemara tells us, in Mesech the Sota Daf Yudalid, the HaTorah Tchilosa Chesed Vesofa Chesed. It begins with the Chesed of the first act of Tznius, if you will, the Kosnos Or of Ayal when the Rabbonu Shalom, as it were, dressed Adam and Chava, the first set of clothes in, in history, and concludes with the Gemilas Chesed of Ayikbar also Bagai, the burial of Moshe Rabbeinu by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The first is the Gemilas Chesed of Tznius, creating the concept of Tznius by providing clothes for Adam and Chava who had until that time been naked. And the second is the Gemilas Chesed performed Bitznius, an absolute privacy, modesty, no one was there. Liyada Ishas Kvuroso. So we see the connection between the Chesed, which is the the bookends, if you will, of the of the Torah itself, Tchilas of the Sofa, both Chasanim of Hakadosh Baruch Hu himself, related to Tznius. The truth is that Chesed and Tznius are very much related to one another. Often we can discern connections by observing what the opposite of a particular midah is. The opposite of chesed is known as an ayin raw. We are taught in the Mishnah and the Gemara. Someone who's stingy gives a very small fraction of his produce to a Kohen. It's called an ayin raw. The opposite of tzniyos, of modesty, we know as an ayin hara. As we say the famous phrase, buli ayin hara. Base shouldn't flaunt your wealth, lest you create a concept of ayin hara. If ayin ra and ayin hara are the respective antonyms of chesed and tznius, there's certainly a connection between these two. We find this in the very first bas yisrael to enter the fold, Rivka imenu. We all know that Rivki Meinu was selected because of the Midah of Chesed, explicit in the Chumash, in Pasha's Chayi Sarah, feeding the, and the drink, giving drink to the camels as well. If you look on the Kliyokar, on the Pasha, I'm sure my Talmidim in this room are all familiar and think back fondly about those, those drushes. The Kliyokar explains, and you can look at it yourself, I'm not going to go into the details here, that the entire search process of Eliezer for Rivka Imenu was focused on the Midah of Tznius. Rivka was a woman who was unknown. Fi'ish lo yida'ah, in its simplest sense. No one knew who she was. 
And Eliyata had asked for a semi-miracle of Hakrein Olafonei Hayom that a woman should appear in public who had never appeared in public before. And that's why he had to ask her, Basmiat, who, who are you? Which is not polite. He asked everybody else, no one knew who she was. All in Kliyaka, there's much more there. The symbolism of the of the Tzmidim, the Asarazov, the fact that the Luchos were broken because they were given with great fanfare, as Rashi comments in Pasha's Kisisa, Alei Eli Hahara, She'ein Luchayofa Min Atzenius. So Tzenius and Chesed, as we see from Rivka Imenu, are intimately connected to one another. The truth is that the model of Tzenius in Klal Yisrael applies, as we said before, to all humans, to all members of the Klal, and the truth is to all humans, even not members of Klal Yisrael. Matov, not limited to Klal Yisrael. applies to all humans. And I dare say that the extra measure of snius, which is incumbent upon a woman, also is not limited to the Rifka Yimenu as a prototype for the Jewish woman, but rather applies to womanhood in general. One need only look in the very beginning of the Chumash, in Pasha's Bereshis, Pasuk says, Pruvu, and the phrase concludes, V'chiv Shuha, and Rashi there comments, a number of interpretations, one of them is, Shalo Teheyatz Onis, that the woman should not be a gadabout. The woman, even more than the man, should be one who exemplifies this Midah of Tzinius. I dare say, that we can derive the reason or reasons for this particular obligation upon a woman from the context. Pru Uruvu. I believe it is the Pru Uruvu imperative that creates this extra measure of care. And this for two reasons. One, speaking of the Tzniyas in its broadest sense, a woman who is given the awesome responsibility of bearing children and thereby the primary responsibility for rearing the children has a greater responsibility to be involved at home in the raising of the children. This is the reason, as, as, as Rav Moshe explains in the Igris Moshe, why a woman is exempt from Zman Grama and from Talmud Torah, because she has a more powerful responsibility than a husband to be involved in the children when they're young in the home. So by definition, this requires a certain extra measure of tzniyus. But let's go further. It's not just the fact that she is the one who bears the children as in Puravu, but we've heard before from Rav Tversky Shalita that men and women were created with the Yetzirah. And the purpose of this Yetzirah, Chazal teach us, is in order that the world be populated. Absent this Yetzirah, nothing's going to happen. Gemara tells us in Masech Sanhedrin that the Anche Knesset Agdola, if they're successfully eliminating the Yetzirah for Avodah decided to be even more ambitious and asked the Rabboni Shalolam to eliminate the Yetzirah for Arias as well. And Hashem remarkably acceded to their wish. But after three days, they couldn't find a fresh egg the Gemara tells us. The entire system shut down, even in the, in the, uh, the bird kingdom. Nothing was going on. 
there cannot be children without the Yetzirah for, for our eyes. It has to, it has to exist. And perhaps the idea of Tzniyos is more incumbent upon the woman because the, the organs associated with procreation, with lactation, which is a, a direct result of the procreation, are extraordinarily attractive to men. There's no logical explanation behind it. We don't fully understand, grasp why this is attractive, why that's not attractive. We don't understand it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as it were, made it a part of the male psyche because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted that the world be populated. And perhaps that's the connection between Pru, Ravu, and Vichiv Shua, not only in the broad sense of being at home to be involved more with the children, but in the specific sense of covering appropriately covering especially those parts of the anatomy that are related to the approval process and all that ensues it is true that the Yetzirah works in both directions women are blessed if I may use that expression with a powerful Yetzirah for men but as has been documented even by the, in the non-Jewish world, by the, those who study this, it's a different kind of Yetzirah, somewhat different. The male Yetzirah is more instantaneously triggered, is more powerful in the flesh, as opposed to the woman that requires a little bit more development, a little more time. And therefore the danger of the male Yetzirah in the street is much greater. And this places an additional burden, and I use that word advisedly, but that's the way it is. An additional burden on the woman to cover herself to a greater extent. Some women complain, why is it that the rabbis don't say boo if you find men walking around in a t-shirt and shorts in the summer and playing around in the backyards? But if the woman said, if I would go that way, there would be a vayitz aku. That's just, that's just reality. That's just reality. This is not to say that uh, perhaps men should adopt a higher standard. Perhaps there are some women who, when they see a man dressed that way, have certain Yetzirahs. But it's not the same. We cannot deny reality. The Yetzirahs are different. And, notwithstanding what Rav Tursky quoted from the Gedolei HaRishonim, there is a an additional prohibition with respect to a man which does not apply to a woman as explained by the smak and elaborated upon in the Igris Moshe that is the Easter of the Shemart and Mikol again we read it just, uh, just last week in Pasha's Kiseitse and the Gemara is quite clear you know the Gemara doesn't, doesn't pull its punches the Gemara tells us and actually this is really the theme of the Sefer Mesilas Yishara that a person should be careful should be very very careful you shouldn't think about women during the day a nocturnal emission this is a violation which is limited to the male gender and Ramosha writes beautifully in his tshuva will not all agree with him that this is a, a violation which is limited to men 
So that although his staklus, gazing upon a member of the opposite gender, may be in fact a violation which both men and women can violate, there's a difference. Ramesha writes that a man who gazes upon a woman for pure pleasure, pure pleasure, you know, we live, as Rev. Tversky said, in an American society. Not sure what's going on right now, but, but I have a somewhat checkered past. Grew up in America in the uh, in the fifties. Those famous fifties that I've always uh, spoken about. And my early memories tell me that you know, the uh, one of the theme songs of the of the fifties. I'm not sure exactly what the mucker for it is, but it's some, probably a rock song or something or other, was the following expression. Standing on the corner watching all the girls go by. I don't recall an equivalent, I don't recall, my bikinis is not that, uh, that, uh, that, that strong. But that was it. That was this idea of watching the girls as they were going by. And that was what they would say, that people would spend their time. If there's no, if there's absolutely no Desire to do anything beyond that, where Moshe writes in his tshuva, that one violates the Shmarta Mikol Dovara. The Gemara tells us one may not look upon a woman, especially a beautiful woman, even if she's single. That's the Gemara distinguishes between single and married there. Whereas for a woman to gaze upon a man, we don't find such a prohibition. This is implicit in the Gemara in Mesech the Brachas. The Gemara Masech Tabrachas tells us that we heard before about uh, extra words that were being used. Well, there were these women who were using a lot of extra words, a lot of extra words, in talking to Shaul HaMelech. And one of the reasons given in the Gemara is And the Gemara does not indicate that this is a prohibited action. Full disclosure, the Yalkut Shimoni in Sefer Shmuel says, Asisim benos Yisrael kezonos that they 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 looked at that shawl for his for his beauty. This is a dispute between the Satmar Rebbe and one of his contemporaries in Williamsburg some uh, fifty years ago. Same same fifties, uh, same fifties. Remarkably, you know, wherever I was, but they were in a different world. And in this instance, the Satmar Rebbe. Contrary to what's often thought about him, was a tremendous makil. Yes. The Sadam Rebbe took strong issue with Ramosha Feinstein about a mechitza. Ramosha claimed that a mechitza may be see through, as long as the women are basically dressed properly. It's just to prevent uh, chatter between men and women. That's his interpretation of the Tikkun Gadol to which Rav Tursky Shalita referred. And although the Rambam in Pirish Mishnais and Sukkot is explicit to the contrary, he claims the Rambam backed out. Was a sad man. He didn't back out. You're not allowed to have a shul where the men can see the women in the Ezra's notion. However, he says, a shul such as this, beautiful shul, where I assume the men can't see any of the women. They're all looking forward, and maybe the women can see the men. The sat Reb was makil. He was lenient. That's okay. He was attacked from the right. How could you be so lenient? You're against the Yalkut Shimoni that says the women shouldn't be allowed to see men either. And his response was, we don't pass like the Yalkut Shimoni because the Gemara Baruchas doesn't quote that, that rejoinder. So there are differences between men and women. However, I want to say up front, Rav Moshe writes there, there is a Pasuk and Chumash for those who 
This is Abbas Rayo de Gilia Rayas Rahman al-Islan. This is a stockless with a kavana fiznus in some ultimate sense. This of course applies to both men and women equally, as does the Easter of Gilia Rayas. So there are two different levels as the smak implies and Ramosha elaborates. It was mentioned that we are in Chodesh Elul. I opened up this afternoon my Chai Odom in his beginning of Hilchos Yom Kippurim, and he lists off the Averis which are prevalent. He's talking in Vilna um, 200 years ago. The world was quite different then. And he writes there, his stockless benoshim, quote, regilim ha'olam ma'od, afilu lomdim umuflogim. Just imagine, if that was the way it was in Vilna, you know, I cannot imagine what there was to see much in Vilna. I'm sure that the styles of Vilna was, uh, were not Parisian styles. Nonetheless, uh, the Chayadim was concerned about this. How much more so should we, can we speak about New York in 2006? Gentlemen, Shmira Sainayim, watching your eyes, is an absolute obligation upon every man. My subtext today was the at work and in the street. At work and in the street, one cannot expect, no man can expect the scenery to be in accordance with halacha. Certainly not in the summer and certainly not in New York City. And since many of us here work in the city, you have to watch your eyes. You have to watch where you look. You're not permitted to have a wandering eye. A roving eye. It's not allowed. There are women, for the sake of being charitable, let's assume the women are not Jewish, who are half naked, walking in the streets, walking, you know, certainly in Manhattan. On the rare occasions that I have to come into Manhattan, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't want to, should I use the word an eye opener? Or maybe an eye closer is a better word. I'm fortunate to work in uh, in Yeshiva University. Well, things are still not quite perfect, but uh, there's always room for improvement. But still, it's not it's not midtown Manhattan. Many of you are fortunate to live here in the streets of Teaneck. The streets of Tinek are almost closed on Shabbos these days, Baruch Hashem. So there is certainly a, an elevated standard compared to the streets in Riverdale that I inhabit. But nonetheless, one has to be careful. There are two other parts of my subtext. In the house and in the shul. Although I did not uh, give the official title, I did approve it. And here I must turn my attention to the women. In the house and in the shul, it's the woman's obligation to see to it that the proper measure of tzniyas is observed. It's hard enough for the man to be careful in the street and in the workplace. When he comes into his own home and he comes into his own shul, he shouldn't have to worry about this. He should be able to look at whatever he has to see without having to avert his stare and avert his glance wherever he goes. A woman is obligated not to entice the man's gaze by clothing which reveal her body. A 
woman may respond I'm simply comporting myself in accordance with the fashion of today I'm no different than what's happening in the street after all if it happens in the street why can't I do it in my own home in my own shul the Teferis Shmuel on the bottom of the Rosh Masech Tabrochus if Lama Zayin discusses the following in his day it's hundreds of years ago it's mind boggling I quote the Regilin Leo's Pasuach at Samuch Lidodeho apparently the idea of low cut very low cut existed it's, I can't understand it but that's what he writes maybe Samuch was maybe not Samuch Venera but just, just Samuch as opposed to today when it's literally Samuch Venera unfortunately yeah, but it existed Zeo minagra chukim lo tovim v'tefach v'isha erva. He rails against this custom, even if it existed in his part of Europe. It's hard for us to believe, as that is. He, the Teferi Shmuel, equates gili hazroa. Let's call it sleeveless, or very, very short sleeves. There are some who perhaps draw a distinction. Some say, for example, that the revealing the, the leg is more serious than revealing the arm. Some suggest that tefach erva, one may reveal up to a size of a, of, a, of a hand's breadth only on the arm. But shok erva, this allows even the smallest revealing of that part because that's uh, a part, as the Bach and others say, they were as Rav Torsi, they were very, they were realists. They said the average man is more drawn to the legs and to the arms. But forgive me for being so blunt, but that's just how Hakadosh Baruch Hu made made the human being for reasons which I explained earlier. So even that tefach may not be granted as a as a as a leniency. True, the Divrei Hamudos. In the third paragraph, Brachos of Kod Kuf Tezayin seems to be somewhat lenient with respect to Shok and Zroah Beregila Legalos, where everyone in the town is, is, is allowing it to be revealed. Seems to me, however, must be very, very careful. It's very possible the Shok they referred to was not the thigh but the but the calf, as the Chazanish explains. And I, in my view, the body itself, the Samach Dodeho, is absolutely prohibited. I don't believe we can permit a nudist colony if that's what's going on in that particular island. Nor, forgive me using this expression, a bikini, where the, uh, certain limited things are covered. I don't believe it's permissible by any stretch, even if everyone's walking around that way. Even if there's some leniencies in, in the extremities. P- permit me... To go further, I was asked to speak about you know, very specific uh, halachs. And I'm not here to pass it for this community, a very distinguished Rabbonim. But I'm only a guest. This is what my father here from me, as many here in the room can attest, in Riverdale. There are women today who were taught we have to cover everything. You have to cover, and they're, you know, they're almost, almost uh, you might think, boxed in. They have to cover down to the wrist and cover down to the ankle. So they want to somehow break out. So they walk around in extraordinarily tight-fitting clothing. 
tight-fitting clothing, especially the upper part of the body, I'm saying in my opinion only, is absolutely prohibited. It's an absolute violation of tznius. And why is it so? For the simple reason I mentioned before. It's attractive to men. I don't know if women know exactly what is it was not attractive to men. There's a whole literature about these things. It's a reality. And if it's a reality, the woman is not permitted to walk around that way. She has to wear more loose-fitting clothing. The truth is, any type of activity on the part of a woman which is meant to entice a man is such a serious and flagrant violation that according to the Chachamim it would contribute to the Churban Beis HaMidrash. The Gemara tells us in Masech the Yuma on the Aftesim Beis Gili Arayas as it says, the Pasuk at the beginning of Yeshaya Paragimel Gavu Benos Tzion Vatelachna Natuyos Goron Uveraglayan Teachasna what does it mean? They walked in a particular way. They walked in a way to draw the attention of the men. They were just walking. But they knew how to measure their steps to be, to be attractive to the men. They had certain types of cosmetics. And with their feet, what does it mean? Listen to this. They had perfume in their heels. They waited until they got to the youngsters, whose Yetzirah was much stronger. As soon as they passed near him, Boatos, they'd step down on the heel, they would release. They would step down, the perfume would spray, and it would come as the Sahara like poison into these young men. This caused the Churban, Chazal Tos. This is just one example. There are numerous other examples that many of us are aware of, of this type of behavior. Absolutely prohibited. Let me for a moment focus about speech because speech is also undoubtedly a part of the Tznius mandate the Gemara tells us we're not oblivious to these facts of life someone who speaks about these things Someone who talks about things that should not be spoken about. Who's explicit in cases where we should really be implicit at best and silent uh, is, is, is really the, 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 the preferred method. It's a terrible sin for which a person, no matter how many mitzvahs he does, will suffer terribly, the Gemara tells us. And the Gemara goes on and says, Af one who hears this kind of off-color chatter and is sitting there and is silent, Khalila is also punished. This is a particular problem in the workplace. You know, I have many Talmidim, Baruch Hashem, over many years. And you hear their experiences. One of my Talmidim is a lawyer, works in the city of New York. He told me this goes back already 20 years. I wouldn't bow, I can't imagine it got any better. He said that the, the chatter by the water cooler is all about 
This one is with that one, and that one is with this one, and that's what they're talking about. I thought you can't go to the water cooler. You cannot be there. You cannot be a silent partner to this kind of conversation. It's not allowed. It's acquiescence. Often in a work setting, you don't have the ability to protest. So if you can't protest, you may lose your job. You're okay. Just don't sit there. When this kind of conversation begins, just walk out the door. Sounds like it's a tough, it's a tough challenge. We heard of Rav Tversky Shlita about reorienting your life. That's a requirement. It's a Gemara. I'm not, I'm not, uh, my Talmud, no, I'm not a very big machmer in these things. I'm known for my leniencies. But there are certain red lines that, that simply cannot be crossed. The entire entertainment industry today is decadent and disgusting. Explicit and vulgar. Aside from the visual aspect, which can exist not only in live, but also in the media, whether it be magazines or television or movies, where a man is attracted to the not properly dressed woman directly in front of him, but set that aside. Aside from that, the whole culture reeks. Again, true confessions. In those same glorious 50s, we had a television in the house. And uh, we watched television. You know, there were cowboys and Indians. There were even some family... Uh, shows my recollection goes back to something called Father Knows Best so there were men and there were women and there were marriages but there was a certain measure of of, of, I'll use the word sneers even Hollywood had its measure of sneers in those years so people think well I grew up with television there's nothing wrong with having a television in my house today that's simply factually incorrect and almost blind. It's not the same television. It's not the same set and it's not the same programming. It's completely different. Some years back, some members of my family were, I think they were watching a, a, some sporting event. They said, come on, let's do sports. What could be wrong with sports? You know, I had spent plenty of... I, actually, I misspent plenty of hours in my youth in sports. So, okay, we'll see what, what, how these people can compare to the, to the heroes of my, of my day. But I was shocked by the commercials. <sighs> Mind-boggling! It's true, they always peddled, uh, I don't know, uh, cars with women. That's, that's true even, even the years gone back. But now... It's, it's so vulgar and explicit. It's, it's impossible. How can we expect to expose our youth to this and it shouldn't become corrupted? As the rabbis have put it so beautifully, you set your son in the wrong place, in the wrong circumstances. It's really very, very challenging. I tell you, when, when, when my children were very young, 
We had a television. It was an excellent babysitter. We were in control of the programming. There was a member of a program called Animal King. They were talking about close to 30 years ago. Beautiful. Oh, maybe more than 30 years ago by now. It was very nice about the, the, the jungle and the animals. And it, was like, it was really beautiful. One day I walked in. One of my children changed the channel. So the television broke that night and has never, never returned. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it's a useful tool, I don't deny it. And we had difficulties taking care of, well, Boch Hashem, a lot of children. It was a very, very tempting. And I, 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 I had it. But once they started changing the channel, they said, oh, it's, just, it's, it's not worth the price. How much more so must we be careful these days about the internet? I'm speaking not in theory, but I, I'm speaking with tears. With tears, I can tell you stories. I, I know them because they, they came to me. I'm talking about a Talmud Chacham with a beard longer than mine, uh, who's involved in Chinuch, and came to me crying that his marriage was on the rocks. Why? Chotos Yavisi Pashati worked long hours and he was busy with his computer. And I don't know the, I don't know the, the lingo because I'm not computer literate, but they're pop-ups, and you press one button, and we're all curious, right? And that was the end of him. He first pressed a button, and then he got into a habit, and his wife came down and saw what was going on, and, and his marriage was, 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 was very, very seriously jeopardized. To so be careful. And speaking of the workplace, how many precautions have to be taken? I'm telling you another story. I'm, these are, these are, these are, each one of these Talmidim are. Talmidim Chachamim. Fellow was a real, such an unbelievable person, and he was at work, and he was always very careful not to do anything wrong. And once, one time, he felt he had to go to a certain. He was work downtown. He told me something was staggering to me. People work very hard downtown, and then after they get the day is over, they they draw a drink and they go party. They don't go into the subway and go home. Every single night, he went straight into the subway and went home. Straight. One time, there was a co-worker was working for so many years together. It was, wasn't, as we heard before, Marabrius. He felt, it's not, not nice. Someone leaves the company after 10 years. They're working literally next to each other. How can he not go? Oh, he made an exception. Rahman al-Islam. That exception almost cost him his marriage. I, I, I shudder now. It's years later. I shudder. Hodel Hashem, we're able to find help and then Baruch Hashem, rehabilitation. But real tshuva, real tshuva. There's another problem I, I, I feel I must speak about. As Rav Tversky Shalita mentioned, Gili Arias includes within it what we call Abizrayu, ancillary activities, such as as the Raman puts it, based upon the the the, the uh, Torah's koanim, yochol yechabkena v'yenashkena, hugging and kissing. So bederech chiba, it's a Torah violation according to the Rambam. It's not exactly clear the precise parameters. It's certainly at least a rabbinical prohibition, and unfortunately, we see it even. In the Shoma Shabbos population of today, even in shuls, it's to me mind-boggling. You go to a shul, and after the shul is over, lucky there's a mechitza. 
after Shul is over, people say, congregate out in the lobby, and it's a kiss fest. I tell my Talmud, we get married, and I'm sitting there as a traffic cop. And after the wedding, they break the glass, I say, okay, go give your mother a kiss, and come with me. You know, and again, we're getting out of here, because it's, 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 a, it's, it's, a, it's a danger zone. Can you imagine? It's, it's very serious. Very serious. Sometimes this social kissing can be accompanied by desires and urges of which you spoke earlier. Even if not, even if not, it could lead to it. And even if for you it will not lead to it, but others are going to observe you doing it, and they may not have your, your makeup. Number one, you know, individuals say, look, I'm already a married man. I read about Pasvisalo, and I have a wife, and I'm already older, and my hormones are not as strong as they used to be. So for me, maybe the social kissing is not really involved in any time anymore. I don't think it's true, but granted for a moment that it might be true. Just for argument's sake. But the youngest to see it, why can't they do it? He's 18, and she's 17, and their hormones are raging, and they're not married. And, oh, we're just doing what you're doing, Dad. Go explain them. You know, well, you know, I'm different. You're, it doesn't work, Rabosai. It doesn't work. It's true. Touching Shaloba Derechiba in a non affectionate manner, strictly speaking, is permissible. Ramosh has two chuvas. One is about the subways, and he's Materit. But the other children about shaking hands, he says, Kosha It's difficult to rely upon him. What's difficult? Because Ramosha was fully aware of what goes on in the world, that sometimes a handshake could be affectionate. I've seen it. I'm not embarrassed to say where I saw it because you know I, I am I have many experiences. I've spent over three decades in the summer in a summer camp. There are many people in the room who have spent this, in this, some of this time in the same summer camp. And uh, for many of those years, there was a co-ed program in the same campus that I, I inhabited. And the camp was very strict. They would not allow any, any illicit kind of, uh, of physical contact between boys and girls. But they were told that shaking hands, that's, that's okay. You should have seen some of those handshakes. Oh. <laughs> if a person is in a workplace and feels that he must or she must shake the hands of a member of the opposite gender, it has to be either as I once saw one of my rabbis give what we used to call then the dead fish. Like this. I'm told that's that's not good in the workplace because that makes you into a wimp. So I said back, okay, okay, then be a bone crusher. That's also not good, I'm told. That's, that's. So it has to be a, a very brief handshake. To take a phrase from a different context. And that's only if the hand is extended to you. Not to initiate it. We used to be so, so careful about these things. And if someone doesn't want to give a handshake, who remembers the ethicist? Remember that, that was in the New York Times, the ethicist? A real estate broker, wonderful, perfectly, but wouldn't shake the hand, so the ethicist said, cancel the deal. 
That's ethical. Right? You already gave your word. That's okay. Because this person wouldn't, wouldn't shake your hand. Olam hafuch ani roa. We have to watch out for kol isha. Kol bisha erva, the, the Gemara tells us. And according to many posts, I seem to Mr. Bruce himself this way, it's simply a gather to protect us from znus. And as a result, in my view, it, the, 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 it's even more prohibited within our communities. Some said, well, this person went to the opera. I'm not here to justify the opera. But even if it was some hetner, because you, uh, the, the fat lady that sings is nowhere accessible to you, <laughs> but it has nothing to do with the, with the playhouse and the, and the summer camp or in the, or in the, or in the, in the community. My personal view is that, technically speaking, if it's on the radio or a tape, it's not a technical violation of, of Kolisha. But, you know, I stay very far away from, these, from these whole, this whole culture. But I remember some years back, I was in a taxi cab coming back from Eretz Yisrael, from the Holy Land. And the taxi drivers, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Explicit vulgarity, profanity, and worse. Doesn't matter if a man or a woman is singing, it's irrelevant. It's much worse. Forgive me for saying this, it hurts me, but I have to say it. We have to be so careful not to engage in inappropriate social relationships with someone who is married of the opposite gender. I once received the following phone call, believe it or not. Someone from my community calls me up. Rabbi, is it okay, a married woman, is it okay if I go to the movies with some other person other than my husband from the community? I said, what did you say? Whoa, Rabbi, there's no yichud, and there are hundreds of people in the room. I learned you can't be in seclusion, that I know, but this is in front of hundreds of people. I said, that's absolutely prohibited. Show me, Rabbi, show me. You know, wait, 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 wait. Where does it say that? That's totally inappropriate. It, uh, and, and this woman was, to me, she, she wasn't putting me on, I don't think. She just didn't understand it. She didn't realize it. And Yichud itself, this is what they call the Goreh Magodol, the Ramam writes. The greatest cause of, of actual Gili Arayas. We have to be careful about mixed dancing. In the 50s, in the shuls, there was mixed dancing. How much more so in the, in, the, in the 30s and 40s? It existed. The rabbis were fighting the battle of, of, of Shemir Shabbos at the time. Now, Baruch Hashem, it's gotten better, but there's still some uh, holdouts in the quote modern community. It's not allowed, especially youngsters, it could lead to all kinds of hirurim and what's worse. Mixed bathing. It's not allowed. Not because you're swimming. Those are swimming. Because the women are simply inappropriately dressed. You're not allowed to do it. You'll say, but it was done 50 years ago. Oh, it was a different world, I imagine, although I don't know. The babies, bathing suits of then were not the bathing suits of now. And the people had it. was a different sneers. It's not allowed. The story is told of the great Rabbi Elia Lapian. It's an and at that time, there were no separate beaches. It goes back many years. So he gave a whole fiery talk against mixed swimming. 
So after the shmuz of what works over says, Rabbi, I tell you the truth. I come from a modern family, and they always went swimming on the beach in Tel Aviv, and you know, it never made any impact on me. I never made any, any uh, nothing. I don't, I don't know what you're saying. So the story is Rabbi Yisrael banged on the table and said, Quick, quick, fetch a doctor. This boy is sick. Is no Yitzhar? Kodesh Baruch made men with the Yitzhar to, 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 for, for purposes of mitzvah. He's unaffected by, by the women not dressed. How can it be? The Rambam tells us, in that same halacha, end of Yisurabiya, talks about the Yichud, that the, this Yitzhar of Arayas only can overcome us. Believe haponi menachachma. If our hearts are bereft of wisdom, if we focus ourselves on Torah, this is the only protection. The only. Chazal say, This is the classical tavlin. That's the only tavlin. There's nothing else. We have to try to focus ourselves on Torah. It's not enough. We heard before, a person can be going to Dafyomi and still doing these things wrong, but at least that's a beginning of a step towards Teshuvah. Every human being must be, as I began, and with this I'll conclude, must be an Adam, must be a person, and must be a Chacham. Adam Matov Hatsnei Alecha Semelokecha Vestznuim Chachma Not to flaunt ourselves. Not our general accomplishments, not our wealth, a topic for a different discussion, and certainly not our bodies. Each and every one of us, as the Chayotim says, has to clap al chet and to do tshuva as we approach the Yom and Oroim. It would be privileged to fulfill tshuva properly, especially in this very, very sensitive and critical area, and thereby merit a ksiva vechasim Okay. If there are questions, uh, I assume that uh, I can take them, or Rabbi Tversky, as, as you prefer. Yes, please. I believe strongly in being polite. Being polite is very, very important. Uh, I do not believe in... You know, there are tzaddikim. I, I would never characterize Rav Chaim Brisk as being impolite. Yeah, we heard from Rav Tversky Shlita. That's for Rav Chaim. I, I don't claim to have any such a level of, of precious and sneers and kedusha. A woman talks to me. I talk to her back. Ramesh is at Sal, if a woman talked to him, he, he looked her in the face. He didn't look down as, as some of the Hasidic rabbis did. And I'm certainly not even in faith far from that, even that Madrega. But nonetheless, there is a type of, of, of flirtatious behavior which is clearly crosses the line. That is the difference between polite on the one hand and flirtatious on the other hand. Now, it's difficult for me to give precise words what is polite, what is flirtatious. The exact same words in a different kind of different tone of voice can belong to either to either a group. Uh, to paraphrase a, an American politician, uh, I know it when I see it or when I hear it, but it's a bit difficult to to say you know. 
Put it this way. To say, I love you, that's beyond, that's before you cross the bounds. Even though, what do you mean? We heard before, Abbas Yisrael applies to men and women. What do you mean? What's wrong? I love you. In our parlance, that's a violation. And things that, you know, hey, you look great. That's inappropriate. It may be true, but you just, you just don't talk that way. You shouldn't, you shouldn't really be thinking that way. It's just inappropriate. It can lead to terrible, terrible things. This is included in Al-Tar As opposed to, hello, nice to see you, have a good day. It's where I come from, that's the acceptable. I imagine in some circles, let's, let's be already across the border. There's certain, you know, the gather, the opposite of sneers is preachers, and the poets gather. Where is your gather? So maybe my gather is not as built as high up as other people. And I, I've learned not to make fun of others. We used to, you know, as kids, what? Well, the kids were sitting around with the Menerarangang and the Freyanarangang. I stopped that a long time ago. And they're, they're smaller than we are. Because they're, they're more realistic about the power of the Yetzirah. So even though in my shul we don't have at this point a Menerarangang and a Freyanarangang, we, we go into the same entrance. I don't know what happens in this particular synagogue. I haven't uh, you know, been here too much. But I imagine that may be the case here as well. This does not decrease our responsibility for vigilance. On the contrary, it increases it. If we're going in the same way, you have to be careful. It's true, details change. You know, I always talk about this, that um, the idea of special sneos for women, there are examples of how it changes, but the principles remain the same. The, the Rambam writes in Hilchus Ishus that a man should be very liberal with his wife. He shouldn't keep her a prisoner in her own, in, in her own house. He should allow her, listen ladies, to leave the house once or twice a month. It's the Rambam. We, we laugh, but it's in the Rambam. Now there's no one, there's a story of someone who came to, a man told his wife, I want you to conduct us to the corner of the Rambam. So she used one of her monthly passes to go to Rav Yashif, and he called her and he gave him a what, what are you, out of your mind? That, that's not, that's the Rambam, we can't do that nowadays. So the, the details have changed. Or, the Tshuva's Mincha Shlomo, the beautiful interchange between Shlomo Zalman, Zatzal, and Rav Aldenberg, about Achorei Ariv, or Achorei Isha, you can't walk behind the woman in the Shuk. So Rav Valdenberg said, I live in Machne Yehuda. There are women all over the place. It used to be a woman in the shuk was, was rare. Now there are more women than men in the shuk. So Shlomo said, you're right, you can't help it. You look down, look to the side. So the details change. They have to change. But the principles are inviolate. Sneers bichlal for all humans. And the particular emphasis on sneers for women, it is built into creation, it's built into our Sinai, and will never change. Okay, so maybe we'll have a marav now. Thank you very much.